You're listening to The Great Grips Podcast. Today, Chris and I are discussing next steps. We want you to be mindful of moving people in your groups on to next steps in their spiritual growth. So listen up as we discuss 15 next steps and how to encourage growth. You're listening to The Great Groups Podcast. Our goal is to equip small group leaders at Brook Hills and beyond to make disciples through effective group ministry. You'll hear from Jay Gordon, who has more than 30 years of experience in leading church small group ministries. And he'll be joined by Chris Amaro, one of the small group leaders for the Church of Brook Hills. And often, you'll also enjoy interviews with other small group leaders. So, enjoy the commute, and thanks for listening to the Great Groups Podcast. You're listening to the first annual Great Groups Tournament Challenge. <laughs> I'm so encouraged that we're here today to talk about uh, our small group leaders mm-hmm. building up their members of their small groups through March Madness. Yes. You know, we um, had the idea of doing a, a, a tournament challenge on ESPN for our small group leaders, and we had 23 people jump in. So I am near the bottom. Chris, <laughs> Chris is only slightly ahead with, slightly. with the name <laughs> Slipped on my beans. You've got to explain that, Chris. What does that mean? <laughs> so a lot of it has to do with uh, my daughter, uh, my youngest daughter. She's six, and her favorite TV show is Bluey, um, which I shouldn't have to explain that show. If I do, you need to go check it out. It's amazing. There you uh, go. One of the phrases is slipped on my beans. And if you look at my bracket, I have clearly slipped on my beans. <laughs> like it's, um, I just went all in chaos, yep. picked an all SEC Final Four. Oh, wow. That's that's pretty radical. An Iron Bowl National Championship. Okay. So we'll see what happens. That's funny. That's funny. And (laughs) by the way, since we're on this, let's call out some leaders. We have uh, Chris S47, who has 130 points. I think that's Chris Self, I would presume. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Dr. Pooh. Oh, we know who that is. All right, who's that? <laughs> that is Dr. Chris Robinson. Okay. Uh, Roberts. Okay. Robbins. I can't even say go. his name right. <laughs> okay, and Hair Bear, I have no clue. I don't know who Hair Bear is. Yeah. Okay, Hair Bear, you need to let us know who you are, particularly if you remain in the lead. So <laughs> these three are tied for first. Technically, it's Hair Asterix, Hair Star Bear, I guess. Who knows? I just can't believe I murdered Chris Robbins' name like I did. I'm so sorry, Chris. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> On the intro, I, I stumbled over the word 15. I, I don't know if you well, noticed that or not, but... I'll let it slide. All right. So <laughs> we'll let it go. We're not perfect here, so... Uh, far, far from it. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, today we're talking about next steps, and, you know, I, I really love focusing on spiritual growth and things leaders can do to, to help people grow, not just focusing on teaching of the word, which is the basis, but moving people on to spiritual growth. And as I was thinking about next steps, I remembered being a teenager and, um, you know, I was very interested in growing in Christ as a teenager and I was reading my Bible every day and I was thinking, you know, some of this is, is just hard to understand. I almost want what we might call a white paper. Give me a one page. Hey, these are the most important things. Start here. Do this. You ever been that way, Chris? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just show me the path yeah. so I can follow it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and um, I think sometimes uh, a lot of us in the church have been around a long time. We've kind of figured out our our own white page. I started to say are really the white page God would have for us. But um, so often I think it would be really helpful for newer believers to have some next steps mapped out. But 
you know, and, and uh, just being honest, I think a lot of us who have been in the church a while, we've kind of settled in uh, maybe a few sh- a few steps short of where God would have us. And mm. so I want us to give that some some thought too. And so anyway, I, I just want us to focus, you know, today, if you're a small group leader, I'd love for you to think about, hey, how do I really help people take the next step in their growth? And we're actually going to break down some steps. Like I, I mentioned, I'll try not to stumble over the word 15 again, but um, <laughs> I jotted down 15 steps that we think people can take. So Chris, what are your thoughts about giving people 15 steps? Well, I think it's critical. Uh, honestly, it's uh, the last thing you want is for comfort to take place and complacency. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can happen when you just get into the groove of just teaching and doing prayer requests and uh, just having community together. And unless you put forth these steps and even look at where your group is, uh, you can get very complacent. Mm, that's cool. Which is typically not a good place to be. No, not at all. <laughs> Not at all. You know, I was thinking about how these relate to our church purpose, which is love Jesus, grow in Jesus, make disciples of Jesus. And that's very important. But if you think about each one of these, uh, maybe make disciples a little bit more clear, but the f- the first two could be a little vague, you know, and I think it's okay for that to be there. It, it makes us think, makes us analyze it. I was having a conversation with a couple of guys uh, Wednesday night about, uh, I forgot what area of scripture we were looking into, but um, we were just trying to figure out, you know, exactly what it meant because it was one of those phrases, kind of like love Jesus, grow in Jesus. You had to look at and had to really think, okay, how do we apply this in, that, in, uh, in our time? And I was, I've had these thoughts for, for many years wondering why often the Bible is not maybe more specific. And of course, there are areas where we have some very specific things, but you know, in thinking about it, I thought, you know, the Bible really has to be timeless. I mean, we're talking 2,000 years, of course, parts of the Old Testament, three, 4,000 years, you know, um, of history there and, and, and such. So it needs to be timeless in many ways to help people apply it for their general time. If we'd been, you know, if God had been really, too, uh, I start to say, too specific in some areas, it may not be totally applicable now. And so anyway, um, it's it. it Broad is good sometimes, timeless is great, and also the things like parables that require us to give it some thought, those are really, really good. Have you ever thought that uh, love Jesus and grow in Jesus are, and I don't mean this theologically, more emotionally than anything, you can't have one without the other? Oh, yeah. I mean, the more you grow in Jesus, the more you love him. and Absolutely. You can't have a desire to grow in Jesus unless you love him. Right. Uh, So it seems like you can't escape them. You know, you have to have one to have the other. Yes, absolutely. And another thought is, um, I've taken those three parts of our church purpose, love Jesus, grow in Jesus, make disciples of Jesus, and ask our graphics team, you know, this was four or five years ago, to put those in a circular pattern, like a clock in essence, and it leads all the way around to the 12 o'clock position again. And there are a number of things that communicates, and, you know, we're always engaging in those. But I wanted to communicate, hey, once we have done those, when you start making disciples of Jesus, you go through it again, but you're taking somebody else through that. Mm. You're a leader this time and not the follower. And so um, also just the continuity of it all we wanted to communicate. So, all right, why don't we get into some of the next steps? And yeah. by the way, these are not from the Bible. These are kind of just my thoughts on what would be some good next steps. And so, 
This is Jay chapter one, verse one. That even hurts to think about. (laughs) I know. (laughs) All right. Number one, and we're starting at the beginning, and obviously there's some beginning before this, but number one is follow Christ and be baptized. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So um, that is the starting place. But like with uh, many people, Chris and I were talking earlier to Chris, is meeting with a guy, and he's pre-step one. And uh, there's a lot of – Discipleship, if you want to use that word in this way, and I believe you can, a lot of discipleship that often goes on before somebody follows Christ. So mm-hmm. we can get into the debate of evangelism and discipleship. Are they two different things or are they one? You know, oh, that's a good question. In yeah. essence, in essence, you can look at discipleship starting before the decision is made to follow Christ. And so that's interesting. So leaders, we're talking to you. So how do you do this in your group? <clears throat> I think sometimes we assume and it's not always safe to assume that everybody sitting in the room is a believer. Um, yeah, I think I've told the story on here before about um, Liz and I were at another church leading a 20s and 30s singles group. And we decided at one point just to uh, do a home visit or coffee visit or meal visit with everybody who attended our group at any point after the first week they came. And um, we're sharing the gospel. We went, we visited this this girl in her home and shared the gospel. And, uh, before then, I just asked a question. She started crying, and I'm going, oh, no, <laughs> what's up with this? And she said, uh, "There, hey, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. I don't even know where to start. Kind of like me wanting the white page. Yeah, yeah. And God had kind of tweaked her heart a little bit, and she wanted. And so uh, anyway, so leaders, we make the false assumption sometimes that everybody that walks through the door is a believer already, and that's not the case. And so we need to inject the gospel into our lesson make sure there's a clear understanding of that. And Chris, one of the things I've realized lately, um, I don't know if you remember my story, but I came to Christ in an evangelism training. So my home church, uh, when I was a seventh grader, I was doing this big emphasis and I thought, Hey, that'd be cool. I want to learn how to do that. And as I went, uh, I'm not going to share the whole story, but I, I came to Christ, you know, in an evangelism training session. So, in our small group, if we're equipping them to share the gospel, they're going to hear the gospel. And yeah. so I think that's just really healthy. And sometimes, too, man, I'm, I'm just preaching too much on point number one. <laughs> no. But we um, we need to equip people, as Ephesians 4 talks about. And sometimes we just teach without really equipping. Mm. And I, I think we need to focus on equipping. Let's move on to two. Yep, number two. Chris, you want to read that for us? Sure. Read and study the Bible on a daily basis. All right. So, How do we do that? <laughs> you know, we have to have a reading plan. There you uh, go. I mean, you have to start your day in the Word, uh, and if possible, end your day in the Word, uh, if not in prayer. And uh, that's that's critical because that that's that's the foundation for yourself, uh, and that you should encourage your members to to do that. Mm-hmm. Have you um, had a group in a reading plan altogether before, or are you doing it now? Or? Well, we're doing it now. Um, we've attempted in the past, and I have failed to lead my group properly <laughs> through that process. So just a little humility. We're not perfect here. Humility like there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're doing a parallel study of the Gospels, uh, and so we're reading uh, three to four passages um, every week and then studying those together. And so that's got everybody staying in it and uh, reading ahead of time. And so it's not every day like I'd want, um, but it has us in a starting point. Mm-hmm. So. Cool. My group's doing a uh, 365 key chapters of the Bible, and so I've got that key online. Key chapters? Key chapters, yes. Interesting. And I've got that um, online for them. And I also, an idea that just came to me a few months ago, I am making a bookmark 
for my group members that has what to read every day on it and also a memory verse for the month. And so fantastic. Anyway, so, you know, just encouraging people to be in the word. Um, Lifeway has done some research before that shows that the number one correlation of people growing in Christ is being in the word. So I just want to encourage you leaders. If there's one thing you can accomplish in leading your small group, get people in the word every day. If you can build that habit into them, that would be awesome because most likely it'll lead to growth. Yeah, that's, that's strong. All right. Number three, uh, third step would be to pray consistently and strategically. 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 Hmm. Yeah. Strategically meaning, well, I, I'm just thinking about my own life. I don't always remember who I need to pray for. Okay. And so, uh, very early in my Christian life, I was taught, hey, use some index cards. Grab a, some index cards, rubber band, pen, write stuff on there, and just uh, flip through those cards every day. Uh, a few years ago, I, you know, I've said it on here, I discovered the app PrayerMate. There's also one called Echo that's really good, but I use PrayerMate. And often, you know, I'll just open the app, hit the plus sign, enter a prayer request, and I put it in a certain uh, folder. And this sounds complicated. It's really pretty easy in, in the app. <laughs> But I put it in a folder, so I'll see it tomorrow morning. Yeah. And so when I run across that, if I need to move it into a different folder, I, I do it when I have time, not when I'm necessarily talking to a person hearing the request. But um, I love systems of um, organization. But two ways to pray. We need to pray throughout the day as we go. And it's also important to pray strategically, you know, maybe in the morning and the night, whenever you have your time, you you sit down with the Lord. And so Leaders, we need to equip that, challenge that, model that in our small groups. Yeah, that's strong. Uh, a friend of mine gave me a, an idea on how to use First uh, Thessalonians 5, uh, 16 through 18, uh, with a list of the members of their group. And essentially, it would be to, to give thanks for them, being a part of your small group, uh, to rejoice in the Lord with them, uh, and to pray consistently cool. with them. Uh, and so there's, we always, always have something to pray for for each other, um, but then to remind them that you're doing that. Um, and so he, he basically picks a family, uh, or a couple, um, you know, every day and then tells them. That sounds like praying the scripture book that we just have talked about. It does <laughs> actually. Yeah. I'm trying to tie back my, <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, that's, that's right out of there. <clears throat> All right. Number four, become a member of the church. And for small group leaders, I would encourage you. In fact, at Brook Hills, we're about to do this, uh, because we've got an upcoming membership emphasis. And so, we plan to provide you a list of your small group roster and also on that indicate who is a member of the church and who isn't. And sometimes, you know, I've run into this many times through the years in ministry. People would just say, you know, do I really need to be a part of the church? And I just thought, hey, let me just give you three quick reasons why you should um, be a part of the church. Number one is you're in essence putting on the uniform, you know, I got to go see a basketball game yesterday in Birmingham, and I knew who was who based on their uniform. And <laughs> in, in essence, that's a way of putting on the uniform. And so that's not so important for the world because they don't see that uniform of membership that you put on. But it's important for other believers in your church to know, hey, this person has said, I believe what you believe. I, I stand with you. I am on your team. And I, I think that's important. Uh, second thing is just the level of care you might get. You know, um, when you're a member of the church, um, it just puts you in a little bit different category from somebody who isn't a member of the church who hasn't said, hey, I'm on your team. 
you know, it, it just brings some clarity there. Um, another thing is just it gives you a voice um, in leadership decisions and sometimes the things that the that the church votes on, it's important. So having a voice is, is, is important. And, you know, there are some places of service in the church you cannot do unless you said, hey, I'm on the team. And so that area of service would be something as well. So probably enough there. But uh, Chris, number five, I really hope you believe in and, and can tell us about how to practice, <laughs> but uh, actively participate in a small group. Yes. So Don't just join just to join. Be a part of that group. Be there. Be present. Uh, yeah. Show up every time they meet um, and don't just sit there. Yeah. Uh, since we're talking to small group leaders, um, how do we, I guess we, how do we promote that active part of a small group? Uh, encouraging the people that are there to be all in, to be committed. Have you given that any thought? Well, I think the, the most important way you can do that is to make them feel loved and welcomed uh, every time they are there, um, to make them feel like they're not just a name on a roster, you know, uh, yeah. as we just talked about. Um, but it's, it's outside of small group, which is really important as well. Um, you've got to extend your, I don't want to say leadership role, but you've got to extend your, um, the way that you love on that small group member by being present in their life outside of the church walls. That's true. Uh, I wrote a blog one time and I asked the question, is your group more like a movie theater or a family reunion? Ooh. And at a family reunion, there's a certain number of people, I mean, certain group of people you expect to be there. And if they're not there, they're going to get a call or contact, you know, hey, hey, where are you? Are you coming today? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Movie theater. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. <laughs> you know, and so. Lights are dim. <laughs> yeah. How do we, how do we as leaders uh, make it more like a, a family reunion? Well, we send a text to people when they're not there and said, hey, we missed you. How can we pray for you? Things like that. And just let people know, kind of like we've said before, I see you. Or I don't see you, you know, <laughs> we say, I see you by saying, I didn't see you. I missed you, you know? And so yep. being missed is important. All right. Number six, find someone to mentor you. Uh, you know, I think that's a great step. Uh, it really provides some accountability in a sense, and we can really learn some things by bouncing them off somebody who's a little bit farther along. And, um, one, one thing I would encourage is, um, when you're finding some, if you're finding somebody to mentor you, find somebody that's also um, can can mentor you in evangelism. Uh, that's that's one of the more mature steps. Sometimes we uh, fall a little bit short and just go, okay, learning the spiritual disciplines. Once I've got that, I'm good. But we really need to learn how to impact a lost world as well. I think too, you know, if you're not asking the question, how can I do this better? How can I? Every aspect of a small group leadership. Um, I spoke on the word complacency earlier. If you're not asking that question, uh, especially to someone who can mentor you, who can lead you, um, then you need to, you need to be asking that question. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And this really ties in with kind of the secondary thought we were getting to, you know, six was find somebody to mentor you. Seven was talk about your faith with believers. And, and again, we're talking to leaders. Uh, we want to encourage people to talk about their faith with other believers one of the things um, I've found is that the easiest way we can do that maybe is every morning or every time in the day we're spending time with the Lord in prayer, reading the, reading the Word as well, find a short one-sentence summary of what you read in the Word, and you'll be surprised how many times you have a chance to share that with somebody else because it's, 
it's fresh on your mind and it's memorable. So we're we're creating that. And so again, I want to emphasize: you may think you misheard talk about your faith with believers. Hmm. That's a great step before talking about our faith with non-believers. We need to be accustomed to talking about our faith. And this goes back to something we talked about two or three weeks ago. Pastor Matt said, one of the reasons we don't talk about our faith with unbelievers is because we don't even talk about our faith with believers. And so yeah. that's a much easier step. We need to get get comfortable with that. So yeah. that's important. Okay, the next two, they're not necessarily in order, but I wanted to put them in. And number eight is this, exhibit the fruit of the Spirit in your life. And so that's that's something that is sort of a long-term thing. It's really an outcome, not necessarily something we do, although it is what we do. Um, it takes some time, but we see evidence of this as we spend time with the Lord and as we grow in Him. And the fruit of the Spirit is from Galatians five twenty-two and 23. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. As I say those things, Chris is mouthing them, so he's memorized that too. That's good. <laughs> it's not a watermelon. <laughs> it's not a watermelon. So, uh, you know, if somebody claims to profess Christ, they need to uh, need to show those things in their life. And so, all right, Chris, let's just back up and think a minute. We're talking to leaders. How do leaders really challenge people to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit in their lives? And it's a good one. You know, some of these can uh, can be challenging. Yeah, they can be. Um, I think if we are present in our, the lives of our members, uh, and again, as I say, not just in the small group room, wherever the room is, um, these things will naturally flow out of your heart. Um, just being present alone means that you care, means that you're 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 loving on them, um, you're showing faithfulness. Uh, there's so many different ways that we can exhibit these things, uh, but we have to be transparent in how we live our lives as well. So that those, these things, these, the fruit can be observed. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. I'm stumbling here. Help me out. Yeah. We've talked about, <laughs> we've talked about transparency and, and things before too. And I'm thinking there are times that the leader uh, talks about their own life, you know, and, and maybe some failures. Um, you know, I meet with a, with three other guys on Wednesday afternoons late and, you know, I I just confessed a failure to them this week. I, you know, my wife was out of town taking care of her grandchild, helping with that, and she called one time while I was driving, trying to make some turns or whatever, and it wasn't a good time. And then uh, next time she calls, I'm I got both arms full. I'm carrying this load of stuff at the church. You know, and, uh, I talked, but I was kind of irritated and short, and so I apologize for that later. But um, you know, that kind of transparency helps people see that that we're real and. I've heard so many stories. Just this week, a podcast I was listening to, uh, the story was told about a guy who um, there was some kind of reunion, and this college buddy was there, and it must have been some kind of church-related thing, but um, the 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 guy that was good friends uh, stepped away, and so the guy that was from out of town is sitting there with the guy's pastor, and he said, excuse me, but can you tell me what's going on with him? He is totally different than he was in college, mm. and uh, I wish I had that in my life. You know, I thought, well, if we're walking with Christ, this fruit of the Spirit thing, that's going to be making a difference in our lives, and and we, it needs to be in a way that people see it and know it and recognize it. Mm. That's solid. All right. 
Chris, mm-hmm. time is flying by. <laughs> we, we are we are very talkative. We're almost out of time. Why don't we do this? I've got a neat scripture I'm coming up on in my notes. Why don't we start with that next time? And man, I hate to give you a list of 15 things and not give you all 15, but you're going to have to tune in next time. So <laughs> <laughs> that's about all the time we have for today. So I hope your bracket goes really well. And I hope uh, those that are in the lead in our, our BH groups bracket can stay in the lead and good luck to all of you out there. We'll see you next time. Well, that's all for this episode of the Great Groups Podcast. Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app so that you won't miss the next episode. Also, visit us online at greatgroups.org and leave a comment there. We would love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening today. We'll be back next time with a conversation that inspires you to make disciples. And that's the point of Great Groups. Make disciples.